so many decisions in the agency world, in the advertising world at large, are made on hunches, opinions. People don't like that color. Someone's wife said they really like this image or that headline, right? It's so arbitrary. And so I think one of the things we try to get people to realize is, you can actually drive business if you move away from that old way of thinking and and use this to power like actual creative data-based decisions. We all strive for more nowadays, more traffic, more revenue, more growth. In this never-ending battle for more, it's easy to forget what's important. So what is important? Building real relationships with real humans and trying to be better each day without caring quite so much about getting more. After all, by building real and meaningful relationships, you'll have way more than you ever need. The SaaS SEO Show is a platform for meaningful connections and honest conversations with people who are real, hardworking practitioners and high performers in the SaaS industry. We're here to learn and get inspired by them, and we hope you do too. Now, here's your host, George Cassiotis. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode, Ahrefs. Ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one SEO toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis, keyword research, and technical audits. The best part, you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com awt and sign up for free. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the SaaS SEO Show. I'm your host, Urs Kassiotis, and today I'm very happy to be joined by Jess Cook. Jess is a creative director turned con marketeer with more than 15 years of experience on B2C brands like Ego, Rice Krispies, Blue Cross, Cotonelle, and McDonald's. I hope I got them right. Uh, in 2019, she made the move to B2B SaaS. Uh, she's currently the head of content at ad tech startup Marpipe, where in her first year, she grew uh, the company's LinkedIn following by 60%, increased the organic site traffic by 135%, and boosted demo sign-up page visits by 40%. That's quite impressive, and I'm very excited to be uh, joined by you, Jess. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, George. I'm a longtime listener, uh, so this is really exciting for me. Thanks for having me. That's great. Uh, even though I said a couple of things in the intro, uh, could you please, like, share with us a few things about your journey so far uh, so we can understand what has brought you to, to B2B SaaS and um, at Marpipe where you lead the, the content efforts? Absolutely. So I started my career in advertising uh, as a copywriter. I'd always wanted to be in advertising. That was what I went to college for. Um, and my first job right out of school was on uh, the McDonald's account, um, where I got to write jokes on Happy Meal boxes, um, which was really fun. Um, you know, write uh, headlines for billboards that went all over the country for McDonald's. Uh, so that was a really, really amazing job right out of school. And that was really where like the bug really bit me like, this is fun. 
the fact that I get to do this for a living is pretty incredible. Um, and so from there, I um, continued to be, you know, copywriter, creative director on lots of different B2C brands, but moved more into the digital space. So uh, for quite a while, I was working on Kellogg and Kimberly Clark brands. So like you said, Rice Krispies, Pop-Tarts, Ago, uh, Cottonelle was one. Um, and, you know, this was kind of a time when Facebook was just letting brands kind of into the fold in terms of having their own page and starting their own posts. Um, so got to do a lot of work there uh, with standing up, you know, right, Rice Krispies um, uh, Facebook page, right? And like, how do you talk as a brand in a space where people have only been before? Like, how do you figure that out? Um, so that was really, really interesting. Um, this was kind of also a time where like, big digital promotions were very in. So, um, you know, did things like uh, started a, a debate about the right way to roll toilet paper for Cottonelle. We created all of these online videos. Our ads allowed people to vote right inside the ad. Um, we ended up getting like 2 million video views uh, about toilet paper, which is really incredible. Um so, you know, a lot of really fun kind of interactive, big brand digital efforts. Um, so I did, you know, did that work for um, around 15 years. And I think a lot of people know, like the agency world is um, pretty demanding in terms of work-life balance. And that started to get a little tough for me as like my family was growing. And, um, you know, I thought I don't I don't I was pregnant with my second actually and thought like this isn't going to get better with two kids. <laughs> and uh, so I left the the agency world and I knew that I had, you know, this skill set of kind of storytelling. And um, I also really love to know like, what, what works, right? Like, what am I actually creating that is actually driving business? Um, and so I thought, you know, like, let's take this skill set and see where else I, I can apply that. And content marketing felt like the right fit. Moving in-house uh, to a tech company seemed really, really exciting to me. Um, and so my first move right out of the agency world was for um, a B2B SaaS company called Fastly. Uh, I was there for two years. It's a pretty big company. They had just gone public. And uh, we had a really great content team there. We had about five people. At one point, um, we had, you know, six or seven uh, on the design team. So it was like a pretty mature um, organization at that point. And I learned so much. I will be honest, like moving into content marketing, I thought I knew what it was. Um, but I think coming from the agency world where things are kind of loose and flowy and ideas just have to be cool, uh, you don't really have to like sell uh, in a business case for them, right? Um, so that was a pretty big crash course in, in two years of uh, really learning how not only to create good content and really hone that craft, um, but the business side of it as well. And about two years in there, uh, I uh, got a call from the folks at Marpipe who uh, had just landed their Series A. They were looking to, to grow the marketing department for the first time and wanted a content marketer. And so I made the move over there um, and have led content there now for a year uh, as a one-person team on content, um, as a marketing team of, of two. First of all, I didn't know that there is a right and wrong way to cut toilet toilet paper but i guess i have to check this debate uh from the company you run back then 
Uh, and second, as I understand it, as you were like explaining all these things uh, and sharing them with us, there is some sort of connection with what you have done uh, in, back in you know the the, the agency world uh, and all these ads and creative, let's say, approaches to to marketing and and advertising to what Marpipe does, right? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was what made it such a great fit. So I think to back up a little bit, Marpipe is uh, an ad tech platform. We automate uh, creative testing for ad creative, paid social ad creative. And we do it in a way that's pretty relatively new. And to my knowledge, uh, we're the only one that does it in this way. And that's called multivariate testing. And that sounds really, really fancy and complicated. But really what it is, is we're taking all of your creative elements, your headlines, your images, your background colors, your calls to action, and we're mixing and matching every single one of them to create every single possible combination. Then you launch the test uh, in front of your own audience. And then I think the biggest value we deliver is, you know, all of the insights that come back from that. So, you know, your audience is kind of voting with their clicks and their engagement and their purchases. And all the time that test is running, we're kind of, you know, racking all of that data up. And you can see in real time, oh, hey, this image, no matter which headline or color I pair it with, always wins. Like we should explore that a bit more. Or this headline uh, you know, really increased purchases for whatever reason, people really resonated with that. So, you know, let's take that, let's put that on our homepage, let's use that wherever we can to get those uh, that performance boost uh, in other spaces, right? So it's not only an ad measurement tool, um, for your creative, but also, uh, you know, like real-time market research, like what are people resonating with? And so I think my background in, you know, uh, big brand kind of storytelling and ad creative fit really well there. I think that was part of the reason that um, it was such an exciting opportunity for me because I got to bring kind of those two worlds together. I agree. Uh, and uh, as as we were discussing like previously, uh, I as I was doing research for this episode, I took a look at your YouTube channel and I saw a video that that you published. I don't know who made the video, but it was very interesting in the sense that they were reviewing some ads from a company. I cannot recall the name. Um, and then they were building some ads for this company um, using Marpipe. And the whole process seemed to me, I'm not an ads guy, by the way, uh, and I, I don't know uh as as many things about you know paid social or anything like that but it seemed to me very interesting and also very seamless like it seemed it made this whole process seem a bit easier i guess than than it really it really is yeah absolutely there's kind of a moment when we give people a demo where their eyes really light up and they're like oh my gosh like it really clicks for them and it's usually when you know, we've built the ad template, we've kind of dragged and dropped all of the headlines and images in that we want to use. You know, you can see with based on the combinations we've made, we're going to have, let's say 64 ads, and we hit the generate button, and all of the ads one by one start to pop up. And I think people realize, you know, one, the time that they're going to save by being able to automate this to the scale at which they're going to be able to test, they've just never been able to do that before. It's almost humanly impossible um, 
to be able to do it that way. Um, right now, a lot of people are trying to manually multivariate test, but to do that, you can really only change one thing at a time if you want clean data. And so that process takes a while, right? To change one thing, get enough learnings back to know if it made an impact, change another thing, test again, right? So we just really speed that up. I know a lot of our customers have told us what we used to be able to do in 10 days, we can now do in, you know, say three. Um, and so just the the iterative process has been sped up so quickly. And, you know, those are the companies that are going to really um, excel and, and break out in terms of growth over the next few years are the ones that can find those incremental boosts uh, that others don't know how to find or can't find. That makes sense. And I find the product to be very interesting and useful, even though once again, I'm not so much into ads myself, but I find it to be very interesting. Now, uh, let's get into the, the interesting part, uh, the very interesting part of uh, our conversation today, which is, um, I will start with a very basic question. How do you approach uh, ConStrategy at Marpipe? So content strategy for me, um, well, I'm, uh, let's start here. I'm a team of one. Um, and so the my strategy really has to take that into account. Um, we're a small team. We're Series A. We're, you know, um, we're trying to use the funding that we have uh, in the most efficient way possible, the smartest way possible. So in order to do that, like that fuels a lot of my thinking around like, how am I going to create? How am I going to repurpose? And what are we going to talk about? So I think the main thing uh, is one, um, you know, what what can I do realistically? Well, realistically, I, I think I can create, you know, a blog post a week. Um, and I think we could probably do we have a we have a podcast um, that called Resting Ad Face, which is a uh, a really fun endeavor uh, that we started out in June. And I think I can do, we can do an episode, a podcast episode every other week. I think that feels like a good cadence, a realistic cadence. And then, you know, from there kind of knowing, okay, we, people don't know what multivariate testing is. Like in order to bring folks in, we need to educate them like on what it is we even do. Why is it different? Why is it better? Uh, you know, a lot of people know A-B testing. How can we kind of relate it to that or, um, you know, make it different from that? Um, and so, you know, trying to figure out like, all right, we kind of have our two flywheels. We have our blog and we have our podcast. We have some pillars that we want to talk about there. And then repurposing is like my best friend. <laughs> so, you know, we create a blog post, I can get, you know, three to five social posts out of that, that becomes a newsletter feature. Um, the that becomes talking points for an episode of resting ad face, we create an episode of resting ad face, I'm cutting promotional clips from there that some are evergreen, some are just more to promote that episode. Um, I can turn an episode of resting ad face into a blog post, right? Like here are the few highlights from this episode. So a lot of repurposing. And I think it all stems from like just a really deep understanding of our customer and their understanding when they come to us of ad testing and like the fund, do they need to know the fundamentals? Do they already know the fundamentals? Uh, should, how deep should we get? Uh, how how high level should we get, right? So, and then obviously plotting that along the funnel. So we have a lot of 
um, content where it's higher funnel um, around the best practices of ad testing. And then we can get really deep of like, well, what about statistical significance with ad testing, right? Someone who's maybe a little further along might be interested in, in that kind of a read. So definitely taking into account, like I'm one person, I do have, you know, every once in a while at my disposal, maybe a freelancer, or I'm lucky enough right now to have um, an intern. Um, and so, you know, she's been really helpful. So just really finding ways to like use my time efficiently um, and knowing what, it is our customer needs to be educated upon. I have the impression, and I would like to hear your thoughts on that. This is something that I have discussed with uh, other people who, who came at the show as well. I have the impression that Marpipe is more of a vitamin than it is a painkiller, meaning that people need to learn why they need to, to use it as the problem may not be so obvious. Like, do, like, do I really need multivariate testing? Uh, first of all, do you agree with, with my understanding of the product? And if yes, um, how do you beat that from a con perspective, even though you kind of touched on, on that in your previous answer? Yeah, uh, I love that you asked this question because it, it's a constant struggle for us, right? Um, that is true, that uh, it, it can be seen as a nice to have where it's like, well, we're already doing something kind of good enough. We're testing on our own. It's getting us some results. You know, we're seeing the growth that, you know, we're happy with. Um, how do we overcome that? Uh, I think it's really interesting. And I think the best way we've done that so far is, actually, let me back up a little bit. We're not, we don't have a free trial. We're not a hundred dollar a month tool. Uh, and so we're really asking people, one, to learn kind of a new process and two, to make an investment in it. Um, you know, this is something that should be ongoing, um, that you can continue to learn from and refine, right? If you find out that images of women with dark hair really resonate with your audience, well, then now you can test 20 different women with 20 shades of dark hair, right? And go from there. You can go deeper and you can continue to do that as you learn. And I think to get people over that hump of like, well, this is an investment. This is a new process. Uh, I have to get this into my workflow somehow. Uh, we have to show them significant success from brands who are already on our platform. And so we do that through, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of great case studies. Uh, we tell a lot of stories with our data. I think that's one really unique and ownable thing we do because we're really the only ones that have this data, right? This multivariate testing, um, kind of statistics and information that you know, travel companies uh, saw 70% um, uh, more purchases of their travel packages when they use beach imagery, right? Not a lot of people have that information in their back pocket. And so we want to use that data to like really draw people in and give them that sense of urgency of, oh, this could be a, this could be my painkiller, right? Of trying to um, I don't want to say hat growth because I, I hate that term, but like really find those incremental improvements in our ad creative and make better data-based decisions. Coming from an agency background, you know, so many decisions in the agency world, in the advertising world at large are made on hunches, opinions. People don't like that color. Someone's wife said they really like this image or that headline, right? It's so arbitrary. And so I think one of the things we try to get people to realize is 
you can actually drive business if you move away from that old way of thinking and and use this to power like actual creative data-based decisions. Now that I think about it, uh, and you know what what you just said makes sense, but now that I think about it, it it may be uh, a painkiller for companies, for example, that spent a lot of money on on paid social and um, and also are not quite sure as to you know what's the ROI uh, from from the investment they make, or um, they like they want to get better results in general. So maybe for for these companies, it's a it's a real painkiller because they they do the investment either way. I mean, they can as well like use a tool like Marpipe and then, uh, uh, but this has from a constant point, now that I think about it, it has, it has to do with like, what audiences do you address? Like knowing that, so these are the companies that I want as a customer, and I'm going to talk about their problems, knowing that for some other companies that are not quite there yet, like ad budget wise, for example, this may be a vitamin and not so much a painkiller. I know yeah, that exactly. makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And actually, you know, we recommend this to people who spend at least $30,000 a month on paid social uh, for that reason, because, you know, you're already spending that budget. If you take just a portion of it, 10 to 20% is what we recommend and test, then the rest of that 80 or 90% is going to work that much harder for you because you're going to find those outliers that really perform that you might not have found otherwise, right? So, you know, you, we actually have, we have a, a calculator on our website um, that will actually like before testing and after testing, right? You put in kind of your, your spend, how much you'd want to spend on testing. And we show you the difference of like, you know, the conversions you would get without testing and the conversions you would get with testing. And, you know, assuming that you're going to find some sort of winner, even if it's a, by a small percentage, that rest of that ad budget is going to work harder for you. Uh, is this based on data that you have based on like uh, customer data? Yeah, based on kind of average success of our customers. Okay, that that's that's interesting. We will definitely, you know, include that in the show notes. Uh, you you discussed a bit um, using customer data and uh, like using the voice of the customer. Uh, and one thing I, I really liked um, about the structure uh, of you know your website and how you do things from a constant point is uh, your case studies uh, hub page. Uh, and the fact that you get really detailed with each case study that you feature in the hub page. Uh, can you please elaborate a bit um, or speak to begin with um, about turning customer stories, stories into narratives uh, that you feature on your on, on your blog and maybe elaborate a bit on like how do you think about uh, using the, the voice of the customer? Yes, absolutely. This is such a great question. So I'm really proud of our case study page. We actually um, not just launched it not too long ago um, because what we were seeing was uh, a couple of things. So, um, you know, again, we're very small. The process of getting a very long form case study written, approved internally, approved by a customer uh, up on the site, right, can sometimes be very long. Um, and we wanted a way like just to move faster with everything that we do. We're trying to move quickly, right? And so something that we decided to do was like, well, let's just kind of, let's create these mini case studies. Let's just kind of put like the top line headline, a great stat, 
the uh, the customer logo. And if there's something deeper to read about, you can click into it, you can read. Um, but if not, it's just kind of this overwhelming like wall of success of our customers. And I, I love that we did that because I think it just, you know, some people really like those long form um, case studies, especially like, as you say, if they're written in a, a way that feels like a story that you can follow. Um, but some people, they just want to see the data. Like they just want to see like, okay, yeah, clearly this company has helped these brands in some way. And I now want to learn more. Uh, so, you know, I think meeting your customer where they're at in terms of like the depth that they want to go into in your content, give them options feels, feels right. In terms of actually turning them into stories, um, you know, I think the process is, is, pretty simple uh, in my mind. I think, you know, I usually sit down with a customer for about 30 minutes. And I think my process is really to like, ask questions that are going to get them to tell stories. So something that I always tell people who are just starting out is like, don't ask, hey, has, you know, has our tool helped you? Um, ask it in a way like, tell me about a time that Marpipe really made a difference for you. And immediately, they're going to go into story mode. Um, another question I like to ask is, what happened the on the day that you decided you needed a tool like Marpipe? Because that's where you're going to get all those really rich pain points. Oh my gosh, you know, my, my team was like testing manually. It was taking them forever. They were like breaking their backs. They never really had time to like, you know, do the things they really wanted to work on because... You know, they were doing all this other stuff and we just thought we needed a way to figure this out, some some other tool. So you start to get like really rich kind of emotional stories, much more so than if you just kind of ask a question that's not going to prompt them to talk in that way. So I think that's really like, that's the key. Um, and then, you know, from there, your, your job is pretty easy. You take that story and you can kind of build it into a, a really nice narrative. Um, of course, I love to use examples. Uh, being an ad tech tool, we have lots of really like, here's their top ad and here's, you know, how it performed. And um, here's kind of how they used it in a, they took those insights and used it in a radio script. And those things are really, really interesting and, and visuals like that. And if you can kind of help people along and break up some of that text a bit with, you know, examples that they can kind of see and, and, and learn from, uh, that just makes the story so much better. I find a lot of value in the way you conduct these, uh, interviews. And even though like basic, I, I, I don't find it to be so basic because like, I think that most people focus on the the wrong questions uh when when interviewing customers while what you mentioned uh, may not be used just for like turning this interview into a customer story but also from you it can be leveraged and used from from an acquisition standpoint like okay so this is how people i don't know feel in general when they are about to start an online search about a tool like Mar Marpipe, for example. Uh, so I see, I see a, a lot of value there uh, when it comes to interviewing customers. Yeah, and actually, uh, you know, I think I love picking up customer language as is and using it uh, verbatim um, in our content on our website. That's actually how I was able to drive a forty percent uptick in people going to the demo signup page. Um, I just continued to test out different versions of, of what our customers told us 
uh, on our homepage and our H1 and, you know, finding kind of the best version of that, which almost always is the exact way the customer has said it. Um, and so, you know, just kind of trying to listen to what they're saying and um, apply it to your content in a way that lets people like them who are reading it know, like, we understand you because we talk to people like you all the time. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, going back to your like case studies hub page, uh, it indeed it's a and like a, a wall of success, and it gets you convinced because, like, I th as I see it, someone needs to see the data first to um, decide to dive deeper into a, a case study uh, for a company in their industry, for example, and say, okay, so they did it for a I don't know a hotel or whatever, so. Uh, I can uh, check more details to see if this tool can uh, can help my company as well. So well done uh, regarding that. Thank you. Um, one thing I liked as another thing I liked actually as I was doing research for this episode was the definitive guide uh, to mod modern creative testing that you have published on your website. First of all, can you please explain the logic behind it um, and? Would you say that it play a role in your customer's lifecycle journey? Yeah, the, the definitive guide to creative testing was actually the first big evergreen piece that I created for MarPipe uh, last year, right after I started. Um, when I got there, we didn't have much because they had never had a content marketer before. Um, they were kind of creating things as they could while they tried to do their other jobs and build this company. Um, and so it felt like we needed a really nice, big, meaty um piece on the site that could be kind of like our stake in the ground of what we do, how we do it, and how it helps. And again, like an educational guide, because not a lot of people, you know, have tried multivariate testing before. They're they're relatively um, familiar with A-B testing, um, but, you know, this is relatively new. And so to give people a resource to go to, to really understand, you know, how we work. Um, it was built with our customers in mind. Uh, it does go pretty in depth into, you know, how to actually run a test on MarPipe, how to design and add modularly so that you can uh, test efficiently and get really clean and valid data. Uh, so it does go pretty deep. And, and the idea was that, yes, our customers would really benefit from this. But also that, um, you know, prospects, people who are interested in in, in what we're doing, would also see this and and see us as an authority. Uh, we wanted to use it to build credibility um, and you know really be seen as a helpful partner in your in your creative testing uh, uh, endeavors. And also a side benefit uh, from creating this uh, this guide is that it could you know get visibility uh, in Google and get you some uh, visits as well. Which last time I checked, it it does like it ranks for. Uh, I don't know exactly. I can remember the exact term, but it ranks uh, in a, in a very high position for uh, some very good terms that are connected to the product's capabilities. Um, Absolutely. Speaking of um, creating content for a search audience, um, is there anything you do to ensure optimization on a page level? Um, is you know SEO content? Uh, let's say, uh, in general, something that you're interested in or at this stage, at this point, not yet? 
Yes, 100%. Um, so I know enough about SEO to be dangerous. Uh, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm barely a novice. Uh, but you know, I know the best practices. I know that, you know, there are certain terms that we want to rank for, uh, you know, and making sure that those are present in, in our H1s, in our URLs, uh, making sure that, you know, we're using, um, uh, our descriptions and our H2s, uh, you know, to our best of our ability to, to rank for those. Um, that worked pretty well for a while. Uh, I was able to increase organic site traffic by, by a decent amount just by one, I think keeping those things in mind and two, keeping that again, cadence of a weekly blog post up when we had nothing before, right? And so the idea of like, oh, Google's like, oh, something's happening over here. They're actually creating stuff. I have things to crawl, um, you know, I think helped us out a lot. There did come a point recently, though, where uh, we started to plateau. And I kind of knew like my knowledge had run out. Um, and I wasn't going to be able to really turn it around based on based on what I know. And so we did just recently bring in an SEO agency to help us with that. Um, you know, they create these amazing outlines for us based on, uh, you know, the, the search terms that we've decided we want to go after. We're building kind of, you know, campaigns about, uh, certain search terms in, into content. Um, and those are really like really valuable high level um, pieces around, you know, well, what is multivariate testing? What is performance creative? What are the best practices? How to get started, right? So again, those probably aren't going to be something that drive business tomorrow. Um, but a couple things, you know, again, as a startup, we want to be um, valuable to not only our customers, but our investors and and for the future and so being able to rank for those search terms makes marpipe more valuable as a whole um you know because we are ranking for those terms um two that will drive business in the future that's what's going to hopefully bring pipeline in six eight twelve months down the road and so you know thinking i think that far out is really important especially for um kind of a new solution to a problem that people already have and might not be aware that this is even a solution, right? So we kind of have to catch them searching for periphery terms about ad testing to draw them in. That that makes sense. Um, as we are running out of time and I have one, one last question for you. Um, you have approximately three years uh, in the uh, B2B uh, SaaS world. Uh, and I'd like to know what are the and where and maybe still are the biggest challenges uh, and learnings uh, from these three years? Ooh, man, this is a good one. Okay. Challenges. There are so many. <laughs> um, I think every day is like a new challenge. Um, I love to learn. I love learning about this business. Um, even when I was in advertising and I loved advertising as well, I never soaked it up like I have been in these past three years of just like taking everything in, listening to podcasts, watching webinars, right? Um, and I think one of the biggest challenges is um, there's just so much that you can do. There's so much that you can learn. Um, there are so many channels, right? There's just so much. And and I think you really have to pick and double down on 
um, and, and, and be very bullish on the things, the, the one or two or three things that really work for you. But first you have to find out what those are. So you have to do a, a lot of those things. You have to try different channels. You have to test a lot of different things. You have to, uh, you know, repurpose a piece in many different ways and kind of see what hits. And once you can figure that out, then you can really like, okay, I know this channel and this format or this topic really, really sits well with our audience. And I'm going to focus my efforts there. But getting to that point and kind of knowing what's working is a ton of work, is a lot of like upfront um, kind of putting pokers in many fires. Um, and, and that's a big challenge, right? Especially when you're first starting out at a brand or you're trying to build a brand um, to kind of figure out what that is. Um, and learnings, let me see. I just love learning about this, this discipline. Um, there are, I will sign up for webinars. I will, you know, buy downloads. I just want to know more. Um, LinkedIn has been such a huge source of, uh, of learning for me in terms of just like following other content marketers who are incredible at their craft and, and learning from them. Um, and I think just like if you can just take that in a little bit every day, you know, um, listening to the podcasts that really inspire you and, and like learning from those, right. There are certain things that's like, Oh, that I'll, you know, I'll listen to a podcast. I'm like, man, that's a great idea. I don't know if it'll work for us, but there's gotta be like some nugget in there that will, and trying to distill down like what you loved about what you heard from that person, you know, um, for instance, Gong. Gong is incredible, right? Their marketing is amazing. Everyone loves what they do. But like Gong has like, you know, a huge team and great budgets and like not everyone has that. Um, they have this this program called their, their Raving Fans. And, you know, everyone at Marpipe was like, Raving Fans, this is amazing. Like, can we do something like this, you know? Um, and we can't, we can't do something that big. We just don't have the manpower, woman power. We don't have the, um, the, the budgets at the moment. Right. But we kind of figured out like, okay, the, the thing we love about that program is that they celebrate the customer. Like they're really putting a spotlight on the customers that, um, love gong so much and use it in really interesting ways. And we were like, well, how can we do that ourselves? Like, what's like a, I love to say minimum viable content. Like, what is the MVC of that for us? And we came up with this idea of every month in our customer newsletter to highlight the top three testers of the month. You know, give them like, a, I put a little um, gold, silver, and bronze emoji right next to their name, right? Like who's on the podium for October. Um, and, and it's funny because it's really spurred some competition. People love seeing like their name in the newsletter. And so we kind of were able to take that, that thing that someone else did that works really well for them, but we aren't able to do yet, um, and turn it into something that made sense for us. And, you know, had the same kind of core, um, of celebrating the customer. So I think, you know, go out and listen to the greats, learn from people who inspire you. And if you hear an idea that you love, figure out why you love it so much and try to create some version of that for yourself and see if it works. That's great. That was all very insightful. Uh, thank you very much uh, for your time, Jess. Um, my last question for you, CTA, for our listeners, uh, where can people find out more about you and Marpipe and get in touch if they'd like to? 
Uh, yes, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, Jess Cook on LinkedIn. There's a few of them, um, but I'm the only one at Marpipe. Um, uh, Marpipe.com. And then uh, Resting Ad Face is our podcast. So uh, if you're listening to this, you're in, looking for another podcast to listen to, uh, Resting Ad Face is, uh, is great. We will drop it in the show notes along with uh, Marpipe's website and your LinkedIn profile. That was all very insightful jess thank you very much for being on the show and uh who knows looking forward to uh, a, a very interesting and exciting discussion with you in the future likewise thanks george thank you for staying with us until the end before you go i'd like to give a quick shout out to the sponsor for this episode ahrefs ahrefs provides you with an all-in-one seo toolset that does everything from rank tracking to backlink analysis keyword research and technical audits the best part you can now use Ahrefs Webmaster Tools for free to identify and prioritize optimization opportunities for your website, see all the keywords that your web pages are ranking for, take a close look at the websites that link back to and refer you in their content, and analyze other websites to find out what drives their rankings. Visit ahrefs.com AWT and sign up for free. Another episode of the SaaS SEO Show has wrapped. We hope this episode has taught you something new too. We'd like you to connect with us so you can keep up with all the new content that we're creating. Before you go, it would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to this podcast and over at our YouTube channel where we upload the video version of this and every episode. Until next time.